Turn to your neighbor and greet them, Emmanuel. Give your neighbor a handshake, say Emmanuel. Give your other neighbor a handshake, say Emmanuel. Give your neighbor behind you a handshake, say Emmanuel. Give the neighbor in front of you a handshake, say Emmanuel. And greet the viewers all over the world on Emmanuel TV. Emmanuel! God is with Right, now turn to your neighbor, say, neighbor, God is good. Say, neighbor, whatever your situation, God is good. Say, neighbor, whatever life brings, God is good. Say, neighbor, even when everything looks bad, God is good. Say neighbor, neighbor, even when your situation suggests there is no hope, there is no way, there is no future, God is good. Say God is good. Say therefore, no matter my situation, I will declare God's faithfulness. No matter my circumstance, I will declare God's faithfulness. No matter my challenges, I will declare God's faithfulness. Because God is good. You may have your seats in the presence of God. Yes, my name is Brother Chris. It's a wonderful privilege to share the, the good news of our Lord Jesus Christ with you today. And as I stated at the beginning, God is good. Because God is good, that is why we can bring our requests to Him, share our concerns with Him, and cast our cares upon Him, because He is good. Your condition does not change God's position. He's, he's still on the throne. He's still the steadfast one. He is still trustworthy. The Bible says even if we are faithless, faithless, God remains faithful. Our God is faithful and true. A rock against which we can lean our faith. Even when the storms of life swirl, and the, the winds of trouble howl around us, we can depend on God. Tell your neighbor once again, God is good. Now, I want to do a very quick exercise to start today's message. I believe everyone here brought something that they can write with. I hope you have a pen and maybe some paper notebook, you're taking notes of the message, or you have any other instrument you want to use to write something down. I want everyone to write down two things. This includes our viewers all over the world. Wherever you're watching, please look for a pen right now, or you can open your mobile phone, your tablet, your laptop. Two things we're going to write down. Number one, I want you to write down something that you are grateful to God for. Could be anything. Just write it down. That's number one. 
something you are grateful to God for. Perhaps it's good health. Perhaps it's that time God rescued you. God healed you, delivered you, just, just name it. Something you're grateful to God for. Perhaps it's just the fact that you slept last night and woke up this morning. Here you are breathing freely. So write, write it down right now. Something that you are grateful to God for. Number two, I want you to write down something you can testify that God has done in your life. That time he healed you. That time he delivered you from addiction, affliction. That time he rescued you from the valley of the shadow of death. That accident that claimed lives that you miraculously escaped from. Just take a, a, a time to review your track record and write down something that you can testify to that God has done in your life. If you're watching online right now on YouTube, you can type it as a comment right now. We want to, to hear from you. One thing you are grateful to God for and one thing that you can testify that God has done in your life. Has everyone written these things down? I'm not hearing you. Has everyone written these down? Okay, because I want to hear a few of them. So if God puts in your hearts, you want to share with us what you have written, just raise up your hand. You want to share with us what you have written. One thing you are grateful to God for, and one thing that you can testify God has done in your life. Okay, let's go over here. All right, our sister, let's start with you. you can just read out what you've written here. What I've written, I'm grateful to God for my life, because he has given me life. And the second thing is that I'm grateful for God because he has delivered me and healed me. Amen. Let's put our hands together for our sister. I think that's, we can all agree with that. We are grateful to God for our life, for the fact that we are alive, breathing. Today. To tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, here I am, walking freely. Here I am, talking freely. Here I am, breathing freely. Do you know that many people slept last night and didn't wake up this morning? Here you are in the house of God. You have a reason to appreciate God. Okay, someone else. Someone else wants to share with us. Okay, madam, here. Just read out what you've written there, the two things that we ask you to write down. Praise the Lord. Uh, my God has made me to know him. Formerly, I did not know God. He has made me to know him and have peace with people. Let's put our hands together for our sister. I like that. She's grateful to God that she knows him. She, she has the knowledge of God's saving grace. Many people, as we're talking right now, do not have that knowledge of saving grace. They're living in ignorance. But for you to have stepped your feet in the house of God today is because you know who Jesus Christ is. And you know that you have the assurance of a life everlasting in heaven with him. So you have a reason to appreciate God. Let, let's go over here. Anyone else want to share with us these two things? What you have written down. Anyone on the altar here would like to share with us? Okay. Our sister over here. Good morning. I'm grateful to the Lord for salvation. And then I testify that God loves me. Oh, and let's put our hands together for our sister. You can agree with that. We are grateful to God for salvation, and she can testify that God loves her. In fact, God loves us as much as he does any of his children. Finally, let's hear from a gentleman. We've only been hearing from females, sir. Please tell us what you have written down, the, these two things. I said, praise the Lord. 
I said, I thank God, thank the Lord Jesus Christ for saving my life from accident on the 1st of April. That is number one. Number two, God had been my help since I was born. Hmm. Let's put our hands together for our brother. Now, the reason we did this quick exercise is very simple. I want to tell you that everyone here has a testimony. Tell your neighbor, say, everyone has a testimony. Say, God never stops giving us reasons to praise Him, to appreciate Him, and to glorify Him. If you begin to count your many blessings, as we just briefly did in that exercise, your grumbling would give way to praise. When you begin to count your many blessings, every doubt about God's presence in your life would fly. When you begin to count your many blessings, you would know that no matter your situation, no matter your circumstance, no matter your challenges, you will stand to declare God's faithfulness. This is the power of acknowledgments. God has done it before and he will do it again and 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 again. People of God, this brings us to the title of our word of encouragement today. Declare God's faithfulness. Tell your neighbor, declare God's faithfulness. Now, I want to start off with a very practical example. I want to start with, I need some chairs. If you can help me bring out some chairs right now. I want to use a very practical example to illustrate the importance of declaring God's faithfulness in our daily lives, okay? Because that you have a testimony does not mean you don't face challenges. Just as everyone has a testimony, everyone has a situation. So I'm just gonna just put these chairs out one by one. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Now, I want to paint a picture of what many of us do in our journeys through life. We just did an exercise where we demonstrated the evidence that God has done so many things in our lives. If we begin to count from the day we were born, even for many of us, the circumstances surrounding our birth were enough to stop us from coming into this world. But here you are today. If you begin to consider what God has done for you, God has done so much in your life. He's healed you, He's delivered you, He's rescued you, He's saved you, He's restored you, He's done so much in your life. But what many of us do today, in the face of our current problem, our present trouble, our situation today, we easily forget what God has done before. The only thing we see is our trouble. The only thing we look at is our situation. 
The only thing we focus on is our giants. And that trouble seems to become bigger than what we can handle, leading to fear, leading to anxiety, leading to desperation. Whereas if you just look back, you would see what God has done. He saved you here. He's rescued you. He's delivered you. He's restored you. But yet in the face of our current trouble, we easily panic. Instead of declaring God's faithfulness. Now, I want to use a few biblical, just, just leave the chairs here. We're going to come back to them. I want to use a few biblical examples to illustrate this truth. I'm going to start off with the children of Israel. Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Numbers in the Old Testament. The book of Numbers, chapter 13. Now, I want to set the scene before I read this scripture. You have heard the incredible testimony of the children of Israel. We know they were in slavery and bondage and captivity for 430 years until God sent his servant Moses to liberate them from captivity. And you saw the hand of God in incredible manners demonstrate his power and might in their presence. He sent the plagues to the Egyptians to the point where my Pharaoh said, you can go. Leave our country. Go with your castle. Go with this. Go with that. They were given free liberty to leave slaves in that country. As they left, God guided them with a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. Even when they went to the Red Sea and the Egyptian army came after them, you know what happened? Moses stretched his staff of prayer, raised his hand, and the Red Sea divided before their very eyes. Talk about a testimony. That, that testimony, if, if we had that testimony on YouTube today, that testimony would have gone viral. Someone that you saw the water pass before your very eyes. You saw the hand of God. Now, considering all of this, let's look at what happened when the children of Israel finally reached their promised land. I'm going to read Numbers chapter 13 from verse 31. Moses had sent people to spy in the promised land, and this is the report they brought back. Verse 31, but the men who had gone up with him said, we cannot attack these people. They are stronger than we are. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they had explored. They said, the land we explored devours those living in it. All the people we saw there are of great size. We saw the Nephilim there, the descendants of Anak, and we seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes, and we looked the same to them. Now, quickly to chapter 14, verse 1. That night, all the members of the community raised their voices and wept aloud. And verse 2, it says, all the Israelites grumbled, grumbled against Moses and Aaron. And the whole assembly said to them, if only we had died in Egypt. 
look, quickly, turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter one. You'll see the way Moses himself describes what happened. Deuteronomy 21, from verse 29. Then I said to you, do not be terrified. Do not be afraid of them. The Lord your God who is going before you will fight for you as he did for you in Egypt before your very eyes and in the wilderness. Then you saw how the Lord your God carried you as a father carries his son all the way you went until you reached this place. Verse 32, in spite of this, you did not trust in the Lord your God. Just try and put, imagine the scenario. God had rescued them from Egypt, from slavery. God had divided the Red Sea before their very eyes. God went before them as a pillar of cloud by day, a pillar of fire by night. God provided water in the desert, in the wilderness. God provided manna from heaven for them to eat. There was even a time they were grumbling about meat. God sent huge amounts of birds to provide for them. And upon all of this, when they faced their giants, they forgot what God had done and only looked at the size of their giants and they fell into fear. Instead of declaring God's faithfulness, they gave fear a place in their hearts and fear paralyzed their potential. Fear tormented them. Fear handcuffed them. Fear increased the size of their enemy mentally and fear changed their focus from the promise of God to their present situation. And you know what happened in that story? The children of Israel ended up forfeiting the promise of God. What is your giant today? What is your circumstance? What is your trouble if you look only at the outside of your trouble, it will seem bigger than what you can handle. Leading to discouragements, leading to fear, leading to worry, leading to grumbling, leading to complaining. And if you're not careful, leading you to take alternatives. Because one of Satan's tactics is to get you to doubt God's goodness and question his faithfulness. Satan only wants you to look at the trouble now, the situation now. He doesn't want you to look back at what God has done. He, 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 he tries to get you to forget what God has done for you. Forget how God has intervened in your life. He wants you to focus on what you do not have. Please take note of this warning. If you spend too much time thinking about what you do not have, you are likely going to slip into unhealthy doubt. Now, I want to use another biblical example. We're still coming back to the chairs. Another biblical example of someone else who faced a giant, but reacted in a different way. Turn with me to the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 17. 
1 Samuel chapter 17. We all know the story of David and Goliath. There's a well-known story, but I wanna pinpoint a truth in verse 37. When David was called to defend himself against Saul, this is what he said in verse 37. He said, the Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of the Philistine. When David was called to defend his cause, he simply testified of how God had rescued him, delivered him, and saved him from the lion and the bear. If David had looked at the size of Goliath, if David had considered his intimidating stature, his advanced weaponry, his military experience, David would have been scared into submission. But rather, he chose to declare God's faithfulness. Now, take note of this point, people of God. Declaring God's faithfulness did not eliminate the giants. It simply prepared David to face the giant. In faith. Declaring God's faithfulness does not eliminate your trouble. It strengthens you, encourages you, and prepares you to face that trouble. And with God on your side, you will overcome. David had tried God in similar circumstances and found him reliable. He had found him dependable. He had found him steadfast. At the beginning of this message, I asked you to look back at your life and consider what God has done for you since day one. I think you will agree with me that you have tasted God and discovered that he is good. You have tried God and found him reliable. You have tried God and found him dependable. You have tried God and found him steadfast. You have tried God and found him real. You have tried God and found him true. You have tried God and found him reliable. Why then would you face your giants and forget what God has done for you? Tell your neighbor, declare God's faithfulness. Listen, your situation will always talk to you. Your situation, as you're facing your situation, your situation will talk to you to try and mislead you, to try and deceive you. Your situation will say things like, you can't make it. You're not good enough. No one in your family will overcome. This is, you're, not, you're, you're, you're destined for failure, destined for second best, destined for second rate, destined for second. You're not gonna make it. If you listen to the voice of your situation, your situation will mislead you and your situation will deceive you. So what must you do? You must take a stand. And say to your situation, I refuse to submit to the voice of my situation. I 
stand to declare God's faithfulness. I refuse to submit to the suggestions of my circumstance and I stand to declare God's faithfulness. I refuse to listen to the lies of the devil and I stand to declare God's faithfulness. And as you hold fast to your confidence in God's word, you will become an overcomer. What do I mean by holding fast to your confidence in God's word? Hold fast to your confidence in God's word even when your faith is tested. Whether he heals me or not, he is my healer. Whether he removes this situation or not, he is my deliverer. Whether he saves me or not, he is my savior. Whether he restores me or not, he is my restorer. This is my confidence. I have no other alternative. I have no other way. I have tried God and found him reliable. I have tried God and found him dependable. I have tried God and found him true, worthy. of God, as I draw to a conclusion of today's message, I want you to understand one vital truth. If you look at your journey in life thus far, you will realize this, where you are going is closer than where you are coming from. Examine yourself, think of where you were at the beginning. Think of what God has done. Take time, create time to consider God's track record. That time he saved you. That time he rescued you. That time he, he prevented you from being implicated. Many people are in prison today for something they know nothing about. That time he saved you in the hands of people who hated you in your workplace. That time he healed you from that sickness. That time he delivered you from that addiction. That time he enabled you to discover a place like the Arena of Liberty, Emmanuel TV, where you were exposed to the wonderful truth of God's word. If God has seen you through all of this journey, he is going to see you through to the end. When you review God's track record in your life, you will grow confidence that he will work in your present situation. When you review God's track record in your life, you will grow confidence that your situation is not like others. It is for the glory of God. When you review God's track record in your life, you will know that you serve a God who never leaves you, who never abandons you, who never forsakes you. When you review God's track record in your life, your grumbling will give way to praise. People of God, God never stops giving us evidence to believe in Him. Doubt comes, fear strikes, discouragement hits when we fail to stop long enough to observe all of this evidence. I pray that God would bless his word in the midst of your hearts as you declare his faithfulness 
every day of your life in Jesus' name.